Hey guys, welcome to your next stop with Juliet Hahn. I am so excited. Again, you know what I say this every time, and this is another clubhouse way back when we've been actually our schedules, Rachel, wait until she gets into her story, but we both been extremely busy and we finally connected. So welcome Rachel Lee. How are you? I'm great, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited for us to finally connect and appreciate you taking me here, listening to this raspy voice. It's going to be a really fun conversation. As I said to you, you sound super sexy. So I think you're all good. All right, great. So Rachel, I would love for you to get into, because when we connected on Clubhouse, you were in a transition of careers. And so I can't wait till you tell my audience like where you started, how you came about. And I believe your um, your agency is Standout Authority, correct? Yes. Okay. So my husband, Joshua Bealey. I love this because right when we connected, it was like, okay, maybe it's not the time to record because I literally in two weeks am going to be leaving corporate America. And so wait, everyone that just ears perked up, that's listening. That's like, oh my gosh, this is my dream. I want to do that. You got to listen to her story. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Now, I first want to go back. Like, I want to go back. Like, you went to college. Did you not go to college? Did you did you study something certain? Tell us a little bit of that journey, and then we can kind of get into, like, how you came about where you are now. Yeah. So, I was born Rachel Karen Bronstein in Los Angeles, California. My family is originally from New York. Jewish girl growing up in LA. Wonderful family. And I actually did my undergrad. I left LA, went to Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Madison, which was crazy at the time because nobody leaves LA and California to go where there are quote-unquote cows and cheese. Right. You know, it was like, why, where, why are you going there? <laughs> but you know, at a young age, I always uh, saw something bigger in my life. I always wanted to take chances. And when I knew things were uncomfortable or I was feeling stagnant, that that really meant that I needed to step out and step up. And I knew that with my experience in high school, that I needed to try something very new. And going to Wisconsin was definitely outside. Always on that business path, my family is a path of business, definitely business-minded folks. Um, My grandfather owned a business management company that my father took over. And now my father is a CFO of an incredible marketing agency called Walton Isaacson. And so um, I was in the business school there, really knew that I, I loved marketing because marketing to me was this ability to understand people yep. and reach people through a creative lens. It was a, the right kind of take on business for me. And I actually went from Wisconsin to Chicago. I did the Chicago thing. Um, I started working for the company that my father is now CFO, um, Walton Isaacson. So I went to the marketing agency side, which for those that are thinking about if they're in an agency or you're younger and thinking about where do you start your career? Because I work with a lot of um, at the students at University of Texas, Austin still. I think agency side is just a really fantastic way for you to get an experience of a lot of things. 
um, really build the foundation as a marketer. So I worked on, I, I worked with Unilever a bunch. Uh, Axe was one of my primary clients doing big consumer activations. This is like 2011. When agencies, because my, so my husband has an advertising agency background, um, more on the ad agency side. And so that was his start of his career. And I was similar, but then I went into the alternative advertising. So instead of the marketing side, but it, you're so right. Agencies are a really great place to kind of get to know if this is what you want, because you get thrown in there and it's really, you can learn some amazing things from the people that have been there. And it's, it's, I, I totally agree with you. Oh yeah. And, and for me and where, you know, I am today and I've re- I'm really starting to embody more of my creative sign and being a content creator and being an, you know, an influencer. Um, much of that was inspired from my days at Walton Isaacson and working on very cutting edge activations, digital campaigns when it was really at the forefront of that happening. I, I moved to New York actually to support our, our Unilever client and over a martini and a steak with my dad. That's how it always was in New York in Nose Keen Steakhouse. Classic. He mentioned something about grad school. Nobody in my family had been to grad school, and he mentioned MBA. And I was like, "Ooh, that kind of scared me." I was like, "I don't, I don't know, maybe." And once you put something in my head, I really go after it. It's just the things that I think are hard and impossible and challenging are what attract me. So I went on that journey of getting and figuring out where I want to go, trying to get an MBA. I always say that. So I got in first round to the University of Texas, Austin, Macomb School of Business. I always say that I'm the reason why their GMAT score is probably not like above 700 or whatever, because (laughs) I wasn't good at the GMAT and I never was good at testing. And it was really debilitating um, in my life, actually, that test taking, that kind of test taking became really a reason why I couldn't get into schools or something like that. I want to pause you there because I, when I laughed, I laughed in a love because it was like an uncomfortable, like, oh, I totally hear what you're saying, laugh, because I am the exact same. I test taking. And it's so funny. I have to tell you a little story. So my oldest is dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. So test taking, it was like, you know, you would just start sweating every time someone would say a test. Even in my older life, it was like, I'm like, oh, I thought I worked through that. Like, I, th- I you know, I thought I let that go, but like there's something still there. So my two younger kids at separate times, and you'll appreciate this. They both said to me, I like taking tests better than I like doing schoolwork. And I looked at them like, like my head, like almost flew off. And I was like, well, explain to me, how is that? Cause I hate taking tests. Like, why do you like taking tests? And they said, because it's like a challenge. I love to see what grade I get. And it's so interesting. They don't struggle in school the way that myself and like my oldest does. And, uh, and my siblings, my dad, like we have a long line of history of dyslexic, but so it was really interesting for me to hear them say that because I never thought of it that way. I never saw it that way because I knew every time I went into a take a test that even if I knew the information, I wasn't going to do well. Like it just was time and time again. And then I would tell myself that story, obviously. And then every time I went in to take a test, (laughs) it just wasn't going to happen because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't positive about it. So I just thought that was so fascinating. And my two kids at separate times said that. And I said to them, I love that you have that because that's something that is, is really beautiful and, um, keep going, like get those good grades and, and know that you can. So, um, I didn't mean to stop you, but that's what my uncomfortable laugh was about. Cause it was like, Oh, I started sweating for you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, those, those sort of things when my stepdaughter has dyslexia and, you know, I think that's one of the challenges with the way we do schooling and the way we do, um, 
you know, in particular, our education system is really uh, normalized for a certain, you know, range of kids. Yes. And the reality is that every kid is different. Every single person is different and really has certain strengths, but we try to put people in boxes. And, you know, Juliet, I think that's something in this new journey for me is really unleashing myself from the boxes and the constructs that I have put on myself, society has put on me, my family, whatever friends, yes, right? right. Everybody. And, um, you know, go, you know, getting that MBA was really an amazing transformational experience because I really was around people that quote unquote, much more analytical, right? The finance people, whatever. And I, what I learned in that experience was the more I show up as myself and really step into my strengths, which are communication and presence and, and strategy, not from like crunching numbers, but like big thinking vision Yes, that actually that's what I can own and other people can't. And I really learned that going through the MBA experience because you really, any person you, you're not going to be good at everything. It's actually really annoying that we're taught that we're supposed to have all these things when we just focus in on what makes us happy, what drives us, what really we're passionate about and we're good at, that that actually be more meaningful. I love that you just said that because it's so true. And it's so, I, I I love that the MBA kind of, even though that was a traditional route, I love that you found that, you know what, and that's exactly, that's why we connected on Clubhouse and, I, and and offline because that's exactly what I say. And I and I always say, like when I have to go into an IEP meeting for my my son, I will always say to them, you constantly talk about the weaknesses. Look at these strengths. He has crazy strengths because he has a mind that if he listens to something, he can remember it. It's like, I don't have that, but he can listen and remember it word for word. It's insane. And I'm like, why don't we tackle that and like praise that instead of talking about his math and science all the time? Like, okay, he's, these are, these are weaknesses, but they're not weaknesses that are really going to get better. Like, and, and he's not going to be a mathematician or a scientist. So let's throw them like, yes, he has to get through those classes, but like, let's not make it where it's miserable for him. Let's talk, you know? So I love that you said that because it's so important and it, it really is. Life is about living life with happiness and passion. And if you don't have it and you're constantly doing things you're not good at, you're not going to live the best life. It's really hard, I think, to figure out with social media and just societal pressures and in particular for women, you got to get lost in that. And you know, I've been doing a lot of transformational processes to get to this op- this moment now where I've quit my big corporate job to own a business, be, you know, in partnership with my husband, to create a family, like all these things, right? Really step into this. I've had to do the work and continue to do the work. I just had a... The reason why my voice is gone is because I was part of the Ascension Leadership Academy, um, ALA, which is a literally uh, transformational leadership program. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot of yelling in some parts. <laughs> um, not... It's just a release. Right, and right, right, right. I think that we don't get the opportunity to do that. We don't give that gift to ourselves. Instead, we're told what to do, how to be. And we think, we think, oh, you know, well, if I just do this, they say I should go, you know, get this job, right? They, they say I should do this, all the freaking shoulds right. that actually lead to a lot of unhappiness. And, you know, Juliet, I got the MBA. I 
did the, I landed an amazing opportunity with Microsoft, moved myself to Seattle. I happened to meet Josh, my husband, two months before leaving for Seattle, already on my way, living my best life, single, loving myself, all of it. And I met Josh yeah. and took myself to Microsoft, always on the fast path, always told she's a rock star. She's on the fast path, right? Like always getting that. I was even asked from one of the corporate vice presidents to be her executive communication lead, which is a great honor and a fast track toward other opportunities at a company like that. I made the choice for love to come and move to Austin and they took a chance on me. They remote working wasn't a thing then. Wow. It was only because I negotiated and my personal brand, the way I showed up, the strength in my, and in my integrity, my conviction that they said, okay, well, like, we'll, we'll try this out for a year. Right. Oh, it's interesting how life has changed now. This right. was in 2017. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, I went to Microsoft, had a great opportunity to work on the Microsoft partner network and, and, and then I left there and I started working at Gartner. So I've been in the tech space, which quite frankly, the space that I've been living in has been less creative, right? It's been more on that scale, 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 big corporate marketing, lots of stakeholders, lots of processes, but but really learning how to use systematize um, and scale a business, reach millions and grow massive, you know, revenue. And, And in that path, while on the up and up, you know, literally uh, Kelly Hopping, she's a mentor. She hired me at Gartner. I mean, she said, you, you could be CMO, you know, you're on that path. Right. Right. And it just didn't feel right. Like five year MBA, six years. And I'm like something, I just feel like something's missing in my heart and my life. Can I pause you real quick? So do you yeah. think that going to get the MBA and to then jump into these businesses, was there a, is there a part of you that is, it's like a, the competitiveness, like, ooh, let's see how far I can go. So that was driving it more than actually what you loved doing? Such a great question. I definitely think that is part of it. It's not all of it. Yeah. There is definitely the Ooh, challenge. Cause I, nobody said, yeah, you'll get into the MBA. I was actually told by my, the counselor I was working with that because of my GMAT, I would not be able to get into a top 20 Ugh, school. I hate when they do that. Uh, yeah. F you. <laughs> F you. Don't fucking do that to people, by the way. No, don't, don't make people feel less. <laughs> when I was in high school. So I, I was a really good athlete and I could have went to really top schools, but my SAT scores weren't, but the whole journey led me to where I was, which was the perfect spot for me. Right. But it was a division three instead of division one. I was able to play two sports, but my high school guidance counselor told me I was not going to go to college. And my mom was in education and my mom was like, don't tell her that. Why would you tell her that when I got to college and I learned what I really, you know, I went for corporate um, fitness because fitness was, I was good at. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And the second I had to take um, anatomy and physiology, I was like, fuck, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, mom, I'm like, I, the many, like my brain just doesn't work this way. So, and at the same time I tweaked my back and it made me think, I was like, okay, someone, God, some, some, whatever you believe in, but I believe in God, God was talking to me like, okay, you know what? This is not your path. So I went to communications, radio, television, and film. 
And that is where I realized, oh my gosh, I love, but I went to the advertising side sales. Most of the people that I was in, you know, in my major, they were all the creatives um, because I also didn't think I was creative. So I used to tell myself I wasn't creative because somewhere down the road, someone told me I wasn't, I couldn't draw. So in my head, I was the athlete. That's what I was going to do. But I fell in love with this major. And that is what, like, that was the churn, right? That was the churn. And I, it just was such a profound time in my life, but it was that, that guidance counselor. And then I became, I got on the honor roll and my mom, the first thing she put it in the mail and she was like, don't tell my child and don't tell anyone they can't go to college. Don't do that to someone. You actually may, I had to like work all these things to get her to believe, yes, you can go to college. Cause where we grew up, like all my friends were going to Ivy leagues. They were, you know, going for sports and stuff. And I was again, a great athlete. I just really school struggled. Um, and so I, I hate that. I hate when they do that. It's not right. And I, I would just like in a human nature, like you don't tell someone they can't do something because as a young child's brain is developing, like that is something that can really scar them and stay with them for life. So that I, I hate that your guidance counselor told you that too. And honestly, that's very common, right? Like it is. it's, oh, we think that, you know, telling people what they can't do is helping them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think about that a lot as uh, being a stepmother and, you know, you're a mother and, oh man, the greatest challenge of parenting, right? Is you just want to protect them. Right. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And stop yourself from saying, okay, give it a try. Like, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? And then lean in on that and like really notice the strengths of your children, noticing the strengths of the people around you and more than anything of yourself. And, you know, Juliet, that's really the journey that I've been on over the last, in particular over the last year is to say, huh, you know, something feels really not in here, in my heart and in my purpose. And I, I need to rediscover who Rachel is at her essence Yeah. Before she was told you're not good enough before all those people put all that on me and brought out all the perfectionism, all of them over ambitious needs, right? All of this next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Oh, the MBA will fulfill this need. This corporate job will fulfill this, you know, desire when really deep down what I needed to do was unearth. Who are you? Right. What makes you happy? What are you passionate about? And the more that I step into Rachel and remember that childlike Rachel who had fun and danced and didn't care what people thought and just said, you know what? This is me. Take it or not. And really, the more that I think about others and serve others and try to have a big vision, it makes everything make more sense. Right. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it really does. And, you know, so that's why I created the workshop, your next stop workshop. And it is to help people find that creative passion and turn it into a business because there's so many people out there that have passions, but they don't think they can really do anything about it. It's, it's a hobby or, Oh, that's neat. But this is what you're supposed to do. This is the path you're supposed to go on. No. And this is what I, this is what this podcast is about is, is the person that's listening to your story right now going, shit. I'm in that same spot. I need to really listen to hear what Rachel is saying because I need to make a change. Change is scary, but change is necessary. We have one life. And if you're living that life, doing something you don't love, 
what's, what's the purpose? Exactly. You know, and I, I think that we, we usually let fear run our life and you need to do the work. I think that's another thing too, though, Julia, I've invested money into myself not like $5 on a book or right. listening to just one podcast or one clubhouse or reading a post and following people. That is not going to be enough for you to break through all of your programming and shit. Right. You're, you're really going to need support from others. That is the biggest thing I could say. I, I have now, I'm in the middle of a program right now. I have been working with Julie Reeser, who was a coach. You really need to be around the people that you aspire to be like and do that work and invest in yourself. Because with that, then you can actually create what you want to create. But if you don't get past all the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, which you can't do by yourself. Right, right. Because <laughs> you're your own worst enemy. You're the one saying, no, 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 no. We have more negative thoughts in a day than what is it like? 90% of our thoughts are negative. Like it's something crazy. Right. So you really do need to do the work and break through. And that is one thing I have been doing the work and I'm continuing to do the work every day. I mean, I've had moment, my husband tore his Achilles. Right. Oh yeah. He tore his Achilles five days before my last day, my big last day at my corporate job. Oh, <laughs> and we going into business together for the first time as full co-owners, business owners, all the things. He is a torn Achilles, kids in summer camp, like all of these things happen, right? And so every day there's going to be challenges, yes. big or huge. And you're going to have to ask yourself, how am I going to show up? Where, what do I want to give this world? And if like where I'm at now is definitely not where I want to be when I'm buried, <laughs> Right. People are talking about me, then it's time. It's, it's time. time to create that path. It's time. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodis, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Yeah. I love that. I love everything you said. So now I want, I want you to dive in. Okay. So what did it feel like when you told your corporate job, okay, this is my last day. This is what I'm doing. And how long were you thinking about doing it before? So this is a two, twofold question before you actually said it out loud. Said it out loud to the people at the company, like just actually said, put in. No, just said it out loud. Like it put it in the universe. Like, like it's it was happening. In your, it was in your head and you were like, I want to do this. But then you were like, nope, 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 nope. Like when you said it out loud and it became real. Yeah. So I've been entrepreneurial minded and thinking about this, honestly, during the MBA, I had been in a pitch competition, was thinking about a business with a friend, two friends. And so it's been on my mind for a long time. Okay. Since let's just call it 2015. Last year during COVID and everything, I started to just really sink in that despite these great opportunities, despite I liked my job, something really felt missing. And in, I was working with a, an amazing woman, Julie Reeser, and it was, we've been working for a year together. So this was probably, this was in, let's call it November of last year. I was like, you know, I'm going to leave corporate. That's going to happen. It's going to okay. happen. I don't know when I was getting really anxious about the idea. She's like, what about like a two-year path? Don't put the pressure on yourself. Right. 
And I was like, oh, I really like that idea. Two years. Yeah. Right. Then, so she was perfect. At that moment, she gave me exactly what I needed to, to give me the confidence that it's happening. Right. But not the pressure. Oh my God. And then came, so I start, I've started to do more manifesting with the moon cycle. Um, I've become much Love more that. intentional in manifestation starting in December. And as soon as the new year hit, Clubhouse came into my life. It was literally like a day or two after, maybe it was right before the new year, whatever it is, after Christmas. And it was like, I knew I need to start sharing my voice more, Juliet. Right. I knew that there was more. And it, this like, boom, this thing came into my lap or one click, I could start sharing my voice. And all of a sudden, it really started to give me this confidence and awareness of a new community of other women like me. I remember going into a room, small room of people leaving corporate. And I remember, you know, talking to them, oh, I'm scared. And she, it was, it was just, I was able to talk to people like small bites, do this, do this. And it really started to pave the path in January. And then my husband as well, being able to share his voice and, you know, really grow his following fast. Right. It just was this moment where it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I actually really don't like this job. <laughs> right. It just was like, okay. I started to look at my calendar and say, do my work and as minimum hours as I can, which is amazing in corporate. How you, if you're laser, you can get shit done fast. Fast. Right. Right. And really creating as many opportunities as I could to be on clubhouse, to get podcasts, to talk to people, network, et cetera. And honestly, from the second, like in January and I left my last day was June 4th. So it's right. really five months of me saying, Oh, cause I started manifesting. I'm leaving corporate. I'm transforming my career. That was my sort of affirmations and manifestations starting in the new year. And it happened within five months. So great. And now, you know, it's club- your plan. Yeah. Turned into five months and it's scary, scary for sure. But I, I also know I got to the point where I, I can't not do it. Like it just got to that point where I knew that it was time to take the jump and the leap. Right. Which is awesome. And clubhouse, it's the same thing when I uh, pivoted my podcast to start interviewing women entrepreneurs that followed a passion. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I had you know, I, when I started realizing it was like, oh, I have a lot of women that have come into my world from all walks of life over the years that I can interview. So that was my plan. And then literally two weeks later, clubhouse came in and I was like, holy shit. Thank you, God, universe, whatever it is. You just literally told me I was doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And then from there is where the workshop happened. So the workshop wasn't even before the podcast. I've been podcasting since 2019, but the pivot happened in 2020. So I totally hear you. And I think it's so amazing because I really think that platform has opened the eyes and, and mind of a lot of people coming at the time of the pandemic. If it came at a yes. different time, it wouldn't be what it is. And then some of these other ones that are opening up, um, like Fireside, which uh, you know, you're going to be on as well. Like That is a really cool uh, platform as well because that's all live stuff. Again, sharing people's voices because that's what we need in this world. We need more people to not just be sitting and going through life just to go through life, right? Like why do well, that? And what you're alluding to is, you know, human connection. Yes. 
Really. And that's, that's the essence of our business, you know, authority and why creating personal brands, why we believe so much in this is that we've come into this world as social, mobile, digital, 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 and COVID people become so disconnected from real conversation, right? real humanity. And I think that's why audio is now making such a comeback, right? It's not just clubhouse, it's not just fires. It's, you know, the green room, it's all uh, these places. Yeah. It's coming out with theirs every single one because people need multi-sensory experiences to connect with individuals right, from their home. Right. And it's like, we don't have six degrees of separation anymore. Right. I, I mean, probably like one or two connections from like most people at this point, if I really want, if I really want it. Right, 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 right. So, okay. So that's awesome. I love everything that you said. So can you tell us a little bit more about your agency, where people can find you and all of that good stuff and what you guys do? Yeah. So my husband, Joshua B. Lee, he started uh, Stand Out Authority a few years ago and the focus is really all around building human connections online. We help people create personal brands, stand out, and uh, think that the power of LinkedIn is really the most powerful platform to create that personal brand from a professional business standpoint, um, right. and especially from organic reach. So right now, our focus is a lot on LinkedIn. My husband's the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, and I'm really a brand marketer lady boss. This is my everything that I've done is really about building brands. And in the world we live in now, it's it's about personal brands. It's not as much about the business brand, unless you're Nike or whatever, right? Right. People buy from other people. And so our hope is that by connecting with others, helping them understand their voice themselves, they can really grow their influence, grow opportunities. And so that's what we do. Um, from a, We work with individuals and then we also do trainings. We have a masterclass actually, an on-demand LinkedIn Authority Accelerator Masterclass. And I have a Work Your Brand, Work, W-E-R-K. That's my clubhouse rooms is my club is called Work Your Brand. I'm going to do a my first workshop in August. Oh, that's exciting. To have that really hands-on experience with folks on how do they build a personal brand. It is very difficult to do this work without support. Right. Just is. Right. And so that's, that's kind of what standout authority is all about where I'm on everywhere. The Rachel B. Lee, pretty much. I mean, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, Instagram are more of my power platforms, I would say. Yeah. So I just got involved with LinkedIn right when I pivoted and changed this and started, um, you know, the new, your next stop. And so it's, it's been such an amazing, and I have also connected with so many people that have been on the podcast as well from LinkedIn. It's a, it really is one of those platforms that you don't think about as, you know, in personal branding, right? Cause you think of it as business. Yeah. And the thing is take LinkedIn even out of the equation. It all comes down to your personal brand. Every single t- conversation you're having, every time you show up, every moment you're representing your personal brand, how you do that on Instagram, how you do that on LinkedIn, TikTok, Clubhouse should all be connected, right? right? We want to have distinct strategies for social platforms. That's your go-to-market strategy. But really the power in the world that we're living in today is in your personal brand, Juliet. How are you bringing your, your voice to the market? How are you serving people? How are you showing up? How are people perceiving you? Right. And that, that to me is game changer. Cause I don't think there's been another time in our history where that's mattered so much. Right. 
Right. So I love that. Okay. So shout out again where everyone can hear. And then I would love to leave on one of your top tips that you would, you know, someone that's like listening and it's like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like I said, the Rachel B. Lee, LinkedIn, Instagram, Clubhouse, come follow me. Give me a shout out um, on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Saw that say that you I listened to you and Juliet, and here's what I learned with a personalized invite. That is a LinkedIn tip, Juliet. Yes. I <laughs> here's love a that. quick LinkedIn tip. Always, always personalize your invites. Do not send them without messages. That is not okay. Um, so definitely want to see people on Instagram and those places. The Rachel B. Lee. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but those are your main ones. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the big ones where I'm the most active on. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of a tip, this conversation has been so much around my journey and how I got here. And ironically, I'm, I'm running a room tomorrow for Clubhouse on authenticity. What does that really mean? Right. The most important thing when you're thinking about your authentic self, your personal brand, is you really uncovering what is your vision. And that should be compiled from four key pieces. If you listen to this and you want my four steps to building a personal brand, reach out to me. I will send you the PDF. It's based off of four things. What are your skills? I mean, superpowers. This should not be a list of 10 things. What are your skills? Yeah. Who is your audience? This should be distinct and niche. Like, you can't be everything to everyone. You need to go after a target market. How are you different? What have you done? What experiences have you have? What education do you have? What languages do you speak? What groups are you involved in? Specific differentiation points out with credibility. So, right, this is part of building your personal brand. It's not smoke and mirrors. Like it's truly things that you've done. So we don't, we need to look through all that BS. Right. And lastly, what are you passionate about? Bringing your authentic self is about understanding those four key elements. I love that. Once you've done that, then you can really craft your personal brand statement. And that, that should really withstand the test of time and give you a filter. Am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Is this job actually fulfilling that purpose or not? Is this podcast worth it or not? Because you've actually looked at that and you understand this is my personal brand mission. This is what I'm out to create. That's brilliant. And I love that. So guys, you you have to go follow Rachel. And Rachel, what we'll do is we'll also put this in the show notes so people can also do that. So if you guys didn't get a chance to write that down, if you're driving in your car, please don't stop and write. <laughs> we will have this all in the show notes so you can check that out as well. So if you know what you guys do, if you like what you heard, share, like, review. This is how we get these stories out. Rachel's an entrepreneur. She is done so many things in her life. But what's exciting is you can hear the passion. You can hear that she is doing what she is meant to be doing. And there is something out there for everyone, everyone out there that is listening to this podcast. You are meant to be doing something. Some of you might be doing what you're meant to be doing, but others are not. And so listening to these stories, reaching out to us to help you do that, that is what we're here for. So Rachel, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and get this done. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope to hear from everybody who's listening. Yes, 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 yes. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 